0: Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, first of all, let me briefly describe what's going to go down here this week. On Wednesday, Dr. Robin McCutcheon is going to come back on the show, and we're going to be discussing a variety of different things, including, again, this last semester at Marshall and how things panned out there, along with a lot of uh, geopolitical stuff as well. Maybe make some predictions along the way. I'm sure we'll talk food shortages and the economy number of different things. So certainly looking forward to that. That'll be Wednesday's episode. I also had an individual contact me who has 12 years in the community college profession, and they said they had to get out of it. And uh, they said that they found my podcast and that they were listening to it and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I emailed them back and I said, you got to be on. Come on the show and, and discuss what you experienced and what went on and he said, absolutely, no problem. So certainly looking forward to that, continuing to communicate with him and uh, and get him on the show. And again, he was bringing up a lot of the critical theory stuff that was going on in faculty meetings, and he just couldn't take it anymore. Just said, this is getting out of hand. So he's going to have all the specifics, I'm sure, and I'm definitely looking forward to that conversation as well. So that'll come up uh, sometime in the future here. But for this episode, there are three stories that I want to revisit just very briefly from last week. And then three more recent stories that involve a little bit of reading here and certainly a bit of a breakdown. And one of them, of course, has to do with uh, the enrollment loss that is that is occurring within schools all across the nation. I, I saw a story uh, last week from NotTheBe.com, and that's what it was discussing. And then I have this one right here in front of me from the Associated Press, which I think is hilarious. I mean, they, the, even the left-wing media cannot ignore the fact that teachers are not coming back Teachers are leaving the profession. Students are leaving public schools. Um, I mean, they just can't avoid it, which is incredible. Again, as as you've heard me say a million times on this show, even since the very start of, of October of 2020, when I first started this podcast, the writing was on the wall that this is a failing business model, that the abuse and the degeneracy that has existed for all of these years and decades and decades. Of misinformation, well over a hundred years of lying within these environments um, is catching up to them. Again, not to mention, of course, the mask and the jab and the psychosocial abuse that's been going on this entire time. Uh, Fortunately, endless parents are pulling their children out, and they've said, "We've had enough. No more games. No more nonsense." And uh, they're, you know, finally, some parents are are waking up to this and realizing that time is precious and that uh, when you send your children to these environments where they are learning nothing but lies, that time is being destroyed, and that's time that could be utilized in a much better way, I'm certain. So, anywho, this first story from last week, though, came from Natural News just very briefly, and again, it had to do with how blindness, blindness, going blind, is now one of many categorized side effects, so to speak, or intentionals, as I call them, uh, from the jabs. Again, w- whenever has a person taken a quote unquote vaccine and gone blind? Can you recall any vaccine in the past where that was a, you know, a, a categorized side effect of any kind? Going blind is remarkably indicative of snake venom. And again, I understand people are criticizing the snake venom thing. I'm sorry, but it's coming out more and more that that continues to be a viable explanation, that it is synthesized. Again, think back to all of the videos that you've seen and all of the side effects that you've heard of and all of the testimonies. The neurological damage alone is indicative of, of poisoning. Certainly from, certainly from Venom, among countless other things, of course, which are within these shots. So it's not, uh, it's not far-fetched. It, it is certainly something that has been researched, and it's certainly something that's continuing to be investigated. And again, if we go back and we think about all of the different side effects, and then of course you think of something as philosophical as Occam's Razor that the answer lies in the explanation that requires the least amount of assumptions. It's pretty straightforward. So I just wanted to let people know that, again, that was an actual article. Again, naturalnews.com is when that came out, I believe on the 28th of April, if I'm not mistaken. There was another one here from the Gateway Pundit via libs of TikTok, and it had to do with a Pennsylvania high school teacher being suspended because they were hosting a drag show without parental consent. Um, It's not even worth diving into. In typical fashion, as you might expect, the administration said we have suspended this individual. Um, I I believe they were a male teacher, if I'm not mistaken, um, wearing a thong onesie, dancing around on a stage, I might add. So it was an after-school staged thing but uh in typical fashion the administration pled ignorance we had no idea this was happening we do not condone this kind of behavior blah 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 now look i fully understand that there are a number of teachers out there who basically operate under the radar they, they do a number of different things without administration knowing okay uh i've brought up numerous stories on this podcast of Teachers having sex with students, and the administrators don't know. Um, countless other things occurring, which are absolutely horrific. This is odd. This this is an odd one because how does a school teacher have access to a performing arts center or wherever this was taking place? Which, by the way, there's video of this as well. Um, and then invite in. Drag queens, so to speak, dudes dressed up as women, all wearing onesies and, you know, dancing around like they're strippers and doing whatever it is that they're doing on stage in front of, I assume, students. And not a single administrator knows. Now, see, here's the thing. Some people would say, well, that person was devious and it's not the administration's fault. And You know, things like that, again, happen because, like I said, some teachers do just operate underneath the radar. I find it very hard to believe that an administrator didn't know about this or that someone else other than this singular teacher didn't know about this. Uh, At the exact same time, issuing a statement as an administration by just saying, well, we didn't know about this. We don't condone this kind of behavior. That's a cover your ass statement. It's that simple. It's simple, cover your ass. Uh, You know, these administrators within buildings, and you've heard me say this, it is a useless position. It's useless. Theoretically, they get paid two, sometimes three times as much as a school teacher gets paid to be an administrator or assistant administrator of a building. They actually do nothing. I mean, that is their job. Their job is they do nothing. They know very little about what actually goes on in a school building, number one. Number two, they're given offices where, again, they manage paperwork. They're basically overpriced secretaries and overpaid secretaries for the most part. That's basically what they do. They attempt to handle discipline or they delegate that role to someone else, like a dean of administration who, again, might typically handle uh, handle discipline, but it's just a useless position. And in a situation like this, I take the approach of they look as guilty, if not more guilty, than the actual drag queens dancing on the stage. Let alone the teacher, drag queen, who set this whole thing up. Because again, to plead ignorance is remarkably stupid, and and they know this too. They know that they're going to be blamed. That endless parents and and whoever else are going to blame them, well, how could you not know will be the explanation or the thing that is shouted from the rooftops as an administrator, how did you not know? How did you not know that this was happening? What are you paying attention to that has you paying attention to something else but not this? Not the fact that one of your teachers is a drag queen and has invited his drag queen friends to their after-school drag queen club or whatever the hell it is. Probably one of those diversity, equity, and inclusion clubs. But either way, it's beyond ridiculous. Uh, they, They don't belong near children in the slightest. And this, again, is a perfect example of what happens when the profession has lost the plot. When you're hiring people who are interested in teaching or expressing themselves regarding what they do in their personal lives, either in the classroom or after school, in some group that's associated with the school. Clearly it was, because again, it was on school grounds to my knowledge, and there were student there were students in attendance. Um, when that happens within a profession, that's a failing business model, and the individual has lost it. They've lost their minds. They actually believe That it is their job to espouse or dictate whatever their emotion is on that particular day or whatever it is that they're doing again in their personal lives and then share that with everybody as if that is somehow instructional. It's ridiculous. Um, But I have an excellent homeschooling article that I want to read here toward the end of this episode, which again is a perfect example of utilizing time the best way that you can so that you don't have to encounter such degeneracy. I mean it's it's ridiculous, but anyway, there was that story as well. Okay. Here's the next one and this is just a quick little post, kind of a meme post, but certainly interesting and and worth revisiting here. This has to do with the disinformation and governance board. Now, I have some suspicions about this as the uh, uh you know, a number of videos came out regarding the person, the female who Was apparently, oh, I don't know, employed or hired to be a member or the head of this disinformation governance board. I have to tell you, I'm starting to think that this is more and more a white hat operation because, again, this sounds ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that it can't possibly actually exist. I mean, it's possible it exists. We have drag queens as as school teachers, for God's sakes. So it's quite possible, but. If the Constitution still exists, it goes against the Constitution clearly. Here's where, if the, again, if this does exist, this actual governance board does exist, or Ministry of Truth, as it's been called, if it does actually exist, where they are going to run into trouble legally and as far as law enforcement is concerned, is if they actually start to do things or out people or attack people because of the things that they say either online or in other places um that's where they're going to i mean that's where the entire thing is going to cave in on itself because it doesn't it doesn't stand up to the law so this particular post says the following it says the United States government is specifically precluded from taking any overt act such as the creation of a disinformation governance board to restrict or control in any manner the freedom of speech by the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. It says, all government entities are expressly forbidden to exercise any viewpoint discrimination of any kind. Rule one, the First Amendment protects all ideas loving, hateful, or in between. The SCOTUS wrote, quote, the proudest boast of our free speech jurisprudence is that we protect the freedom to express the thought that we hate, unquote. And they were quoting from a case titled Mattal v. Tam in 2017. It says, Rule 2, some speech is not protected by the First Amendment, but that's true regardless of whether it's bigoted or hateful, for example, shouting fire in a crowded theater. Now, I know that shouting... Fire in a crowded theater is a, a constant uh, example that's brought up when it comes to freedom of speech. Shouting fire in a crowded theater actually isn't so much a violation of freedom of speech as it is inducing panic. So I think that's just kind of worth keeping in mind because inducing panic is against the law, in particular if it's false panic. It continues, It says, Indeed, in 1992, the Supreme Court struck down an ordinance that specifically targeted bigoted, fighting words. Such an ordinance, the court said, unconstitutionally discriminates against particular viewpoints. It then says, A law that can be directed against speech found offensive to some portion of the public can be turned against minority and dissenting views to the detriment of all. It says the First Amendment does not entrust that power to the government's benevolence. Instead, our reliance must be on the substantial safeguards of free and open discussion in a democratic society. Justice Anthony Kennedy. Then it wraps up and it says this. Rule three, hate crime laws are constitutional so long as they punish violence or vandalism, not speech. Then it says this. Why would the SCOTUS justices say hate speech is constitutionally protected? because the U.S. Constitution doesn't trust government officials to decide which ideas are wrong and dangerous. Unquote. I agree 100 percent, and I think that a larger point too here is that this is a perfect example, again, assuming this is all real, and that we're not just watching a movie here, but if it's real, it, it just continues to prove that the left will do whatever they can to try to break the law. They're consistently trying to break the law, and they know that that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, make no mistake, they're doing it intentionally. What continues to exist also on the flip side of that uh, politically horrific coin is that the Republicans are acting as if this isn't happening. Some of them are yelling about it when in fact it should be all of them yelling about it. And then there's a couple of people out there saying, well, you know, I've put out this." This memo, and I'm going to go after this uh, governance board and blah, blah, blah. Well, that's fine and dandy. Uh, you shouldn't have to go after something that's illegal. It's just illegal. It just shouldn't exist. So everybody should just operate as if it does not exist. Again, where the rubber's going to meet the road is whether or not they actually construct their Bolshevik group, which is what this is it's Bolshevism. They're creating a group to go after people. That's what the Bolsheviks did. That's what they're doing here. Same thing, just, you know, different timeline, but same exact thing. Um, Once they start actually doing that and they weaponize themselves to go after people, that's that's when when some group, lawyer group, whatever, is probably going to end up taking something to the Supreme Court and saying, hey, look, this can't exist. This is completely illegal. We have proof that they've weaponized themselves against the American public in, in some form or fashion. Um, but again, I think it's just going to continue to show that this is a perfect example of how far the left will go. I mean, they will, they will try to break into a building. They will try to break into a bank and rob a bank on a constant basis. And Republicans will just stand by and watch them do it and just point and say occasionally point at them and say well look look what they're doing they shouldn't be doing that but we're not going to we're not going to stop them we're not going to stand in front of in front of the bank vault and say you can't be in here you're breaking the law you know they're just going to stand and point and then do the same old political games that they play all the time so i don't know i think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it going forward we know that in the past they weaponized the IRS they've clearly weaponized the department of education this is not unusual, but a Bolshevik headhunting board like this is is interesting. Um, but again, you know, we, we haven't actually heard the person talk who is in charge. We've heard the Majorcus guy speak about it, but we haven't actually seen the lady herself talk about her actual role and position yet. It's, they're just dig- digging up a bunch of old videos about her, basically, and proving that she's a crazy person, which is hilarious, but, you know. It'll just be interesting to see where it goes, I think, and uh, whether or not the entire thing is actually real. But if it is real, there will be a victim, and that's the thing that uh, that we're going to have to keep an eye on, I think. Now I want to get into these three more recent stories here. This first one I put on my Gab account last week, and it was about a bullied teenager back in January who killed himself and he was—he basically killed himself for a variety of reasons, but uh, one of them was because he was being bullied at school for allegedly not being vaccinated, quote unquote. Which again, there's a lot of ins and outs in this story, which is why I want to read it and, and go through this here. This comes from redvoicemedia.com, and it's titled, Bully Teen Commits Suicide Over Jab Status, and now the parents have filed a lawsuit against the Chicago school. So You'll hear it here, but he attended a private school within Chicago and then again was being bullied by a number of different individuals, not just people within the school, but even parents themselves. This again is continuing to show the mask wearers and the jabbed have lost their minds. So here we go. It says the following, quote, the parents of a 15 year old boy who reportedly committed suicide after incessant bullying over his perceived COVID shot status have filed suit against the school over administrators allegedly not taking appropriate action to address the bullying. I wish that was a new thing. It's not. This is as old as dirt. This this failure of administrators to do their jobs. It's, it's the entire Ethan Crumbly shooting in Oxford, Michigan, in a nutshell. And not to mention students taking their own lives as a result of A failure on the part of counselors and administrators to dish out due justice on the wrongdoer in a situation like this where violent acts are taking place, that leading to a child's suicide is is not uncommon. Um, It's just another example of a poor pattern among administrators to cover up any violence or discipline as much as humanly possible because, again, they view it as being. Sort of a black eye on them, so to speak. Uh, Public image is their number one concern. Nothing bad ever happens here. This is the best school ever. Violence and bullying don't occur here. And then they just delete material and they delete referrals if they even exist. And, you know, they just plead dumb. Again, just like the drag queen story I mentioned earlier. Same thing. We don't condone this. We had no idea. If administrators don't know what's going on in their building, then their position doesn't need to exist. It's pretty simple. It's a useless position. It is almost a position of criminality at face value. I mean, again, if you do the right thing as an administrator, you're not going to be employed for very long. It continues here. It says, last fall, 15 year old Nate Bronstein had enrolled in what CBS News described as one of the most prestigious private schools in Chicago, that school being Latin School of Chicago. However, on January 13th, Nate's father found the young boy hanging from a showerhead inside of their home with a cord wrapped around his neck as a noose. And according to the lawsuit filed by Nate's parents, his suicide was the result of relentless bullying coming from his fellow classmates at Latin School of Chicago, with the school having not properly addressed the severity of the bullying. Again, when it comes to this kind of behavior, the list of people who know that it's taking place is a lot longer than the list of people who do not. It's inevitable that countless teachers knew that this was taking place. It, 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 that's just the way that it is. There's no way that you have children in a building where there are adults working there and the adults don't know what's going on. It's beyond ridiculous. And again, just like the administrative comment I meant or I, I said earlier, If the teachers are working in that building and they don't know what's going on, then they don't belong there either. Pretty straightforward stuff. It says, quote here, Nate's suicide followed the willful failure by teachers and officials at Latin to take any action to remedy the horrific treatment that Nate had endured prior to his death, despite being aware and or having every reason to be aware of what he was enduring through numerous complaints by both Nate and his mother, Mrs. Bronstein, to Latin administrators, including, but not limited to, the counselor, the upper school counselor, the, uh, let's see, their names are Annalise Krantz and Jane, uh, no way I'm going to get that last name, Ninth and 10th grade dean of students Bridget Hennessy and teacher Adriana Durant. Okay, four women, four women who apparently don't know how to do their jobs again, fire them. It continues here. It says, Nate's troubles with being bullied began around September of 2021, when a fellow student who was apparently his neighbor as well, began spreading rumors about Latin that Nate was unvaccinated, quote unquote. It then says that this vicious rumor stated by Nate's neighbor was so prevalent that the last time Nate was inside the MS's home, MS's mother told Nate it must suck to have to take a COVID test every week, quote unquote, to which Nate replied, I'm vaccinated. Mrs. Solivoy, if that's her real name, sarcastically replied, yeah, right. According to the lawsuit, Nate had indeed taken the COVID shot, but peers at his school continued to harass him with random students on multiple occasions approaching Nate to ask if his parents were anti vaxxers. Nate's mother had contacted Latin School in October after having learned that her son had ditched class to avoid being bullied by his peers, asking what could have been done to remedy the matter. It's worth noting briefly here that the business of bullying. A student and harassment within a school is the number one reason why students don't go to school. It's the one reason why they skip when they wouldn't normally. It's the—I mean, that's it. Um, that's been well documented for decades. That's never changed. Um, although now there are clearly other forms of bullying that have been taking place, have they not? Specifically at the hands of administrators and teachers themselves, regarding masks, jabs, distancing treating them like uh, prisoners within a prison. So all of that needs to be taken into account also. Shouldn't shock people that students don't want to go to school, but of course, he was being attacked on all fronts, and clearly no one was helping except for his mother. But even so, honest to God, why would you keep sending him if, if even you could detect that uh, you know a fraction of this was taking place? Why would you continue to send your child to such an environment? Ridiculous. Continues, it says, uh, quote, one of the school counselors, the Krantz lady, Annalise Krantz, responded to Mrs. Bronstein's, Bronstein's email, but did not specifically address Mrs. Bronstein's concerns that Nate was experiencing bullying at the hands of fellow Latin students. Rather, Krantz's email response read, it seems like Nate is really struggling with the transition to Latin and is really missing Parker. And suggested that they meet later in the week to discuss Nate's transition to the school. Again, this is a level of ignorance and sticking your head in the sand, and frankly, a blatant unqualification of an individual who is an alleged counselor. Do they not know that violence takes place in school? Do they not know that violence taking place in school? is as common as shoelaces on shoes, pepperoni on pizza. That's the way it goes. The environment is designed to be violent. And for a counselor to not know this and blame the kid and then blame the mother, again, perfect stereotypical fashion of a useless counselor who has no idea what they're doing. I have to tell you, I'm shocked that these people can actually be employed, let alone bathe themselves. I mean, these are some of the dumbest humans on the face of the planet. And again, they are directly responsible for the safety of minors. That should send a chill down everyone's spine. Speaking of sending chills down your spines, get a load of this next paragraph. I kid you not, this was an actual suggestion from the school counselors. It says, quote, During this October 14th meeting, school counselors simply suggested that Nate try out for the basketball team in order to make some friends, yet the bullying persisted. If that is your actual first suggestion on what should happen with a minor who's being tortured at school, just join the basketball team. Make some friends with the fellas. Snap some towels in the locker room and everything's going to be A-OK. These counselors are insane. They're crazy people. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, they're jabbed also. This is not going to lead to more cognitive revelations or a higher state of thought among these employees within these buildings. I'm I'm dead serious. As a result of the jabs, they are going to get crazier. The only thing they didn't suggest to him was that he actually kill himself. I mean, they pretty much suggested everything else that would lead to the further decline, mentally and emotionally, of a minor who's already being tortured. The only thing they didn't say was, throw yourself off a building, there's nothing we can do. I mean, they might as well have said that, because that was the unfortunate result in this case. Join the basketball team. My God, these people have lost it. It continues. It says in an October 20th email from Krantz to Nate's mother, she admitted to being aware of issues impacting Nate and suggested, quote, looking into a therapist, unquote, for him while also brushing off the bullying by fellow students as being a family issue. See, pointing fingers can't possibly be the school's fault, can't possibly be the the actual victimizer's fault, can't possibly be the counselor's fault. No, no, no. It has to be the has to be the parents' fault or your child needs therapy. Oh, by the way, let's give him some drugs too because that'll fix everything. Everybody, yeah, I got to tell you. Just the jab eating each other alive. Again, apparently the kid was jabbed. That's remarkably unfortunate. That would indicate that the parents are jabbed, so the parents aren't thinking clearly either. Counselors are all jabbed. It's a private school. In the Chicago area, you can assume every single employee is jabbed. Nobody's thinking here. No one is thinking. Uh, These are not safe environments, ladies and gentlemen. They're not going to get safer. They're not going to get safer with time. This horrific story continues unfortunately and it says quote it wasn't just students who belittled Nate as the lawsuit alleges that his geometry teacher Andrew Sanchez relentlessly accosted Nate in front of the entire class and had proclaimed in front of other students that Nate was going nowhere in life unquote Uh-oh that teachers in some deep trouble Wow singling out a student in a classroom That should be a completely separate podcast, frankly. Do I have some stories for you? Okay, anyway, continuing. It says Nate was apparently enduring a copious amount of cyberbullying throughout the months of November and December, a matter which the parents of the late teen were unaware of until it was too late. Nate had apparently sought a meeting on December 13th with the Dean of Students to report the extensive cyberbullying. Some of the cyberbullying included text message threads, and Snapchat posts urging Nate to commit suicide, while others could be construed as indirect death threats. Again, where are the parents? You don't know that that your child is on the internet, on chat boards, communicating with God knows who, and then reading all of these posts. Is this where we are as a society where The iPads are the parents, and the schools are the parents, and the parents are just NPC zombies. Is is, is that what's going on here? This is what happens again, too, ladies and gentlemen, when you just have, simply put, absent parents. Absent parents will always produce children who are going to be in danger. That's the way that it works. If parents are walking around letting government just raise their kids, and electronics raise their kids, and complete strangers raise their kids, why not just throw them outside when they're born? It's the same thing. They're not going to survive. They aren't going to survive if parents aren't wising up to the dangers of the real world. Their kids don't stand a chance. Again, if you have kids and you don't know what they're doing online, you're not a parent. You're a babysitter, and you're a bad one. Again, I feel terrible for the loss of life here, but make no mistake, the parents had a role in this too, without a doubt. Mom had a role in this. Take control, Mom. You're in charge. You're in charge. Okay, it continues. Um. Let's see. It says, apparently the dean of students entertained this meeting but did not dole out any discipline against Nate's fellow students, nor did they inform Nate's parents of this meeting being requested and taking place. Exactly one month later would be when Nate's father would find his son suspended from the showerhead. Nate's mother alleged that our son would still be alive today if Latin would have done their job and reported to us what had gone on within the school. And I hate to break it to, uh, Nate's mother here, but your child would be alive if you were involved in his life. Your child would be alive if you were a parent and not a babysitter, too. Everybody had a role to play here, and the only person who's dead is the one who felt like they were alone. Because again, parents weren't helping, not helping fast enough, didn't know what was going on. Um... That right there, ladies and gentlemen, is perfectly indicative of the mental and emotional decline that leads to depression, which leads to thoughts of killing yourself and then ultimately the action itself. That right there is perfect. You turn left, no one helps you. You look straight, no one's helping you. You turn to the right, no one's helping you. You look behind you, nobody's there. You actually feel like you're on an island all by yourself. But again, the parents, it's just nuts. The parents in that particular case, um, they've lost the plot as well. They're just as guilty. I'm sorry, but everybody's to blame except for the child in that situation, without a doubt. Okay. With that said, here's a perfect contrast in parenting. Um, There's a couple of portions of this particular article I want to read. I don't want to read the whole thing, but it's a pretty good article, uh, and this comes from intellectualtakeout.org. It's titled, I'm a full-time working mom. Here's why I love homeschooling my daughter. So here's one of the paragraphs from this, or one of the subsections. It says, quote, homeschooling empowers my daughter and me. It says, we started kindergarten at home. It wasn't all show and tell and playtime. Rosemary could write some letters well, but she struggled with others. Some of her numbers would be backwards, some days she would be easily discouraged and want to give up before we got even started. But my husband and I would coax her back and work on building up her foundation in a particular subject. Over time, we saw the results get better. She was always able to trace words and then write them independently with more clarity. She is memorizing more of her addition and subtraction problems. A few weeks ago, my husband taught Rosemary how to ride her bike without training wheels. Each accomplishment was bolstered, has bolstered her self-esteem with authentic confidence and empowerment. She understands more of what her place is in our family and in society, and my husband and I have an upfront view of those wins and challenges. Being responsible for Rosemary's education compelled me to try new roles that I might not have otherwise considered. We participated in a weekly homeschooling co-op this year, where my husband and I shared teaching responsibilities. For a few subjects. We also joined American Heritage Girls, an alternative to the Girl Scouts, and helped as troop leaders. These opportunities have been great for Rosemary, but they've also pushed me outside of my comfort zone. It then says each co op lesson or troop activity was sometimes foreign and nerve wracking, but seeing kids glean some new information or smile after doing a group craft made the buildup and effort worthwhile. It also says this. There's a subsection titled, More Input Control Over Her Education. Figuring out the education you want for your child can be overwhelming at first, but once you get your bearings, it's amazing how much freedom you have to determine what your child learns. We filed the Code of Maryland Regulations for Homeschooling to make sure that Rosemary received regular and frequent lessons on English, math, science, art, music, health, physical education, and social studies. We added religion to fulfill requirements to be in a homeschooling umbrella group. But we had a lot of freedom to try several options. We used several workbooks, followed a full-scale curriculum in Saxon math, watched educational videos, made homemade worksheets, and took impromptu nature walks and field trips. This allowed my husband and me to figure out what methods were most effective, and it gave Rosemary some variety in her learning? Again, the positives here are endless. They're endless. If for nothing else, Rosemary isn't going to wake up with bruises on her arms, a bloody lip, a black eye, and she's not going to want to kill herself because of the way that she's been tr- being treated in school. And as I've stated before, the line about not socializing your child. Well, they're not going to be socialized. No, that's not true. They're going to be civilized. That's the difference. They will be civilized in a homeschooling environment, hopefully, because they will not be civilized within a public school, a private school, or a charter school. That's where the lack of civilization is taking place. It's been that way for a very long time, it's getting worse. Again, the previous story, the kid went to a private school, but private schools are safe. Private schools teach children how to be civilized and they're the safest environments. It's not a public school, those are playgrounds. This was a private school. The kid hung himself. The administrators weren't doing anything. I mean, my god. It it, it can't get clearer. All roads are pointing to homeschooling. All roads are pointing to Being the parent, taking full responsibility of your child all of the time. Everything that they're exposed to, take control of it. Everything that they read, take control of it. Be the leader in your child's life. It is a life saving characteristic. That's a life saving characteristic. Without a doubt, they're going to raise a civilized young girl, and she's going to grow up to be a civilized adult. Hopefully, I I see absolutely no reason why that wouldn't be the case, barring some accident. But there you go. That's what that's what happens when you when you actually raise an adult. And you've heard me say that in the past that you know parents who have children, you're not raising children, you're actually raising adults. You're raising them to be independent adults, and it's a fantastic thing. So understand again that those stories do exist which is a great, great thing, without a doubt. Okay, here's the last one, and this is great without a doubt also. Associated Press, again, the left wing can't help themselves because the cat is out of the bag. And money talks, and money is all that they care about. And now that uh, their wallets are being pinched because of low enrollment, they have no choice but to to write about this. So I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's very lengthy. And it gets into a lot of numbers, millions, hundreds of millions of, of, well, tens of millions, certainly tens of millions of dollars uh, being lost within school districts all across the United States. And schools are closing everywhere. This comes from the Associated Press. It's titled Enrollment Losses Pinch Public Schools. Hip, hip, hooray. Districts Across the U.S. Closing Big Budget Gaps. Mission, Kansas. Says a school system in suburban Kansas City is eliminating more than 100 jobs, including kindergarten aides and library clerks. Oakland, California, is closing seven schools. Other districts across the country are merging classrooms, selling buildings, and leaving teaching positions unfilled in order to close budget gaps. Now I can't, for the life of me, figure out why that would be the case. Can you? Hmm. Weird. It then says. Sorry, laying it on thick here. It says public school systems are beginning to feel the pinch from enrollment losses tied to the coronavirus pandemic. No, that's not it. That's not it. It's the rampant child abuse that you've all adopted. It's child abuse. That's exactly what it is. People don't want to be child abusers. People who witnessed this who were working in these environments said, wait a minute, this feels like child abuse. This looks like child abuse. This looks crazy. We need to not do this, and I don't want to do this anymore. Again, you can't be in environments of child abuse and expect to have people just willfully sign up. Some people will go along with it. As I've said, psychologically, they've probably already been abused in the past, before the mask wearing and the jabs and all that stuff. So, they love the abuse. They're used to it. They get it they fully understand it and they're like well this is just what we have to do you know it's just abuse no big deal but for the you know for the normal people they're saying wait a minute no the answer here is no i love this i i you know i just love it i love it it continues it says money for schools is driven partially by student headcounts and emergency provisions in many states allowed schools to maintain funding at pre-pandemic levels, but like the billions of dollars of federal relief money that have helped schools weather the crisis, those measures were not meant to last forever. Oh, they have no idea what's not going to last forever. They have no idea. It says in Oath, Kansas, or Oloth, however you pronounce that, where the school system is cutting 140 jobs, Deputy Superintendent John Hutchinson said the extra federal money merely put off the inevitable. Now it is trimming millions of dollars from its budgets, because enrollment, having peaked at more than 30,000 students in the fall of 2019, fell by around 900 in the first full school year of the pandemic. Less than 100 of those students have returned. That's incredible. (laughs) It's just, it's incredible. I love it. I can't get enough. Here's the last paragraph I'm going to read. I mean, I could read this whole thing. The entire thing is hilarious. You have to keep in mind, of course, it's by the Associated Press, so they're blaming things that aren't real. But the last paragraph that I'm going to read says this: "Quote. Where did all the kids go?" Hutchinson said during a recent public meeting. "Where are they? They didn't come back this year. That's what's laying on the additional reduction in our funding." Unquote. Yeah, bro. Yeah, you're finished. You're finished. The next thing that's going to happen is is you're going to get paid less. Then your teachers are going to get paid less. Then what's going to happen is every single issue and budgetary issue, certainly the monetary issues, are going to be placed on school levy ballots. They're going to be placed on the ballots. We need more money. From I mean, we need to tax more people, and people are going to start saying, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. You can't hire people." And now you want our money, and then they're going to start voting no, unless, of course, they're using Dominion machines, in which case those vote, those no votes are going to be turned to a yes vote, or they're going to be fractionalized. I got it. I mean, the whole thing is dirty, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, that's the next move. The next move is they're going to start putting these these issues on the ballots, and uh, people are going to either vote yes or they're going to vote no. Keep in mind, if you're voting yes on these things, your property taxes are going to increase. You're going to have to pay more school taxes. That's just the way that it works. That's exactly what's going to happen. So yeah, if you want to pay for your own financial loss or vote for your own financial loss, go for it. I say let them crumble. Let them crumble. People are going to start realizing that learning within the family and I know that everybody's situation is different. I fully get it. Some people don't have families. I fully understand. But there are going to be groups that spring up throughout all of this that are even going to take those children in and hopefully teach them the right way and teach them the right things and teach them how to be civil. That That is, that, that is a silver lining in all of this. We have to we have to move our way through the muck here in order to get to the brighter side of things, and it's not going to be—it's not going to be easy. Um, it's sometimes easy to comment on doing it; is something different, but it's going to be worth it in the end, because again, we can see the writing on the wall here, and the image is crystal clear. You have choice A and choice B. Choice A is filled with drag queens degeneracy a lack of civility crime cover up suicide and murder and then you have choice b over here which is homeschooling realizing your potential injecting some christ into your lives as children and hopefully that individual grows up to be a well-rounded adult that's that's what that's what we're looking at so yeah sorry schools you've been wasting your money for a very long time, long before 2020 and 2019. All the games, gimmicks, nonsense, it's all been a waste of money. It's all been a waste of time. And now you're having to pay for it, literally. And that's not going to stop. These schools are going to continue to bleed enrollment. And good riddance. Good riddance as far as I'm concerned. Because again, If the left and the Associated Press are now putting out massive articles about it, ladies and gentlemen, it's way worse than even they are leading on. And I love it. So, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, have a great week. Dr. Robin McCutcheon will be on Wednesday. Stay tuned for that, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless.